title of today's sermon is Heaven is for Real. Heaven is for Real. Um, I'm going to have to up my level of excitement because it's a longer sermon to keep you uh, awake. So um, everybody be happy, be good, it's okay. Here we go. Let me ask you, has everybody in here been to Disney World? Has anybody in here actually not been to Disney World, Magic Kingdom, or any of those places? You've never been? Oh, we are going to go on a church trip. <laughs> I see a church. Somehow there's a church service down there that we need to partake in right there near Disneyland. Okay, so everybody that has been to part of the Magic Kingdom, the Magic Kingdom, uh, Epcot, Universal, SeaWorld, something like that, we've been to part of something. If you had a ticket where you could go down there and live in that entire area, anywhere you wanted in that area, you would um, have all the food of any kind of food you need. Um, you could have you know, parties, you could have get-togethers, you could go into any of the rides, you could learn things, meet people for free for the rest of your life on Earth. How many of you would use that ticket and quit your job and go live in the Magic Kingdom? What if you had a thousand tickets and you could invite all of your friends and family and people that you loved, then would you pass out those tickets and go live in the Magic Kingdom with them? Or would you keep on working, wait till you retire, and just see what you can afford? If you had a thousand tickets, let me, let me change it. If you had a thousand tickets a day, and every one of those tickets allows someone to live in this place, this area, <clears throat> for the rest of their life on earth, and they could be have, have whatever they wanted, they could have parties, they could have gatherings, meet people, hang out, learn new things, ride rides, have fun, enjoy, travel all down there, you would be passing out those tickets every single day. You would call your loved ones. If I gave you those tickets now, when you left church, you would call your loved ones. You would say, listen, I got this ticket. Let me tell you what it does. It allows for the rest of your life for us to live here together and our friends and our family. If that was possible, wouldn't you call these people and invite them to live? How come we don't do that with heaven? How come we know there's this place that we're not just going to live for the rest of our life on earth? It'll be billions. It'll be eternity. Billions of years. I mean, it's ongoing. Yet, we just don't tell people about it. So today, I have 20 questions that I'm going to ask and answer about heaven. And let me tell you how I'm going to do it, okay? I'm going to use basically just one passage of Scripture. Even though I'm going to have a lot more Scriptures that I'm going to use to back it up, I could easily prove the points I'm going to tell you with a lot of Scriptures. And but I'm going to use mainly one. Now, this is not good theology. You never, ever base a belief on one Scripture. Don't base your salvation on Romans 10.9 only. Don't base marriage on just one scripture in the Bible. Don't base uh, finances on one scripture in the Bible. The whole Bible is the heart of God. So whenever you ask God a question, you want to look in the entire Bible. You can't read one of my emails and know everything about me. You can't see one post on Facebook and just think you know everything about somebody, okay? But even though it's bad theology, for time's sake, just for time today, I'm going to answer most of these questions with one passage of Scripture, Revelation 6, 9 through 11. Okay? You understand where we're at? Let me kind of give you an idea of what I'm going to do. In Acts 7.56, Stephen was about to die. God allowed him to see heaven. When Stephen saw heaven, it says in this one Scripture, Stephen looked up and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Now we know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, so just from this one Scripture, we see that heaven is above us. From this one scripture, we see that there is a physical place because he had to stand up. Jesus wasn't floating around. He actually stood up. We see that there's time in heaven because it took time for him to stand up from where he was sitting down. We see that we get to actually see Jesus and see God because Stephen could see where Jesus was. He was at the right hand of Father God. So just from this one passage, we see all that from heaven. So you see how I'm going to do this? Everybody understand? I'm not going to use this scripture. I'm going to use Revelation 6, 9 through 11, but I want you to see how we're going to do it. True or false question? 
Well, you, you have been asked to be a part of a NASA space crew. They have asked to train you for a few years for this huge mission to Mars. And every day you spend training for that ride. They put you in simulators. They give you tests. They do things with food, see how it affects your body. All these different things and injections and blood drawing. They do all this to prepare you for the ride to get to Mars. And then once the launch date occurs, you're sitting there strapped into this huge ship thingy. And your fellow astronaut looks over at you and says, hey, what do you know about Mars? And you say, I don't know anything. I just spent the past several years training on how to get there. I guess when we arrive, we'll find out. True or false? False. Yet we spend our entire life using the Word of God to find out how to get to heaven, but we learn very little about the place we're going to spend all of eternity. Good analogy, right? That has to, somebody's got to say amen because that, that, that took a while to think that, that 30 seconds to like 30 minutes. Okay, so that's why we're learning about heaven because you're going to spend eternity there so you might as well know kind of what's going on. Okay, here's some questions that did not make my list that I could easily prove with scripture if you want to write the answers down, but I don't have time to do it. Here's some questions that did not make the list. Will there be sports in heaven? Yes, I can prove that biblically. Will there be new inventions in heaven? Yes. Millions of years from now, you can still invent new things. Yes. Will we use the bathroom in heaven? I'm going to say yes, but I don't have an exact proof. You'll see why in a little bit. Will there be marijuana in heaven? No, Mark. There won't be. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes, there will be marijuana in heaven. I can prove that as well. Are there extinct animals in heaven? In other words, animals that are extinct on earth, will there be in heaven dinosaurs? Yes. The answer is yes to that if you want to write that down. Will we drink coffee in heaven? Yes, you can. Does Adam have a belly button? No, he does not. Will we pick our nose in heaven? Mark said it's not, but it ain't heaven. Anyway, okay, so, <laughs> just kidding. Actually, we will. We, 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 in other words, will we have a scratch, an itch? Will we, will we cough in heaven? Yes, these things are possible, and I'm going to show you why in a little bit. Okay, here we go to the real stuff. Revelation 6, 9 through 11, if you have your Bibles, open them up. This is a story about John that wrote the Gospel of John. He is on the island of Patmos. Is that right, Pastor Pam? Patmos? Pat Patmos? Something like that. And he was, it was like an island for jail people, right? Okay, so God allowed him to see heaven. And here's what he saw in heaven. Revelation 6, 9 through 11. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been martyred for proclaiming God's word and had been faithful in witnessing. They shouted in a loud voice, O sovereign God, holy and true, how long until you judge and avenge our blood of the people on earth who killed us? Each of them was given a white robe and were told to sit back and wait patiently a little while longer. Okay, there's a lot of passages I could have used. I could have used thousands in heaven, but I chose this one because it answers a lot of questions with this one passage of Scripture. Ready? Number one, is heaven a real place? The answer is yes. Is it a physical place? Yes. Physical, yes. There was an altar in the Scripture we just saw. There were robes given to people. There were people there. They were sitting down. They were told to sit down, sit back. Genesis 1-1, God created heaven and earth. In other words, if earth is real, why don't we believe heaven's real? If God created heaven and earth, if we all can see earth and it's physical and we can look around and do things, why can't we believe that heaven is the exact same way? Jesus mentions heaven 70 times in the book of Matthew alone. Just the book of Matthew, 70 times. 54 out of 66 books in the Bible mention the city of heaven. Hebrews 11.10, Abraham was looking forward to the city which has fixed foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Listen, God built heaven. He didn't just blink his eyes and it happened. He built it. 
Just like they built this building, God built a city for you to dwell in for all of eternity. He built it. He used his muscles. He used tools most likely, and he built this place. There's a fixed foundation. He built it. He thought about you while he was building this city. If you want to know the exact definition of heaven, it is this. The city where God dwells, angels live, and where saved people go when they die. That's the biblical definition of the city of heaven. Number two, do believers go to heaven immediately after they die? People have this, they're back in the 90s, people were going off this crazy kick saying, well, when you die, you just, you're dead until Jesus returns and then you come back up, blah, 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 blah. Let me prove that that's wrong. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, we are willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord immediately. It doesn't say absent from the body, sleep for a while and then be with Jesus. And it's not up there, but Ecclesiastes 12.6 talks about how when you die, your body goes back to the earth and your spirit goes to the one who created it. Luke 23.43, Jesus was on the cross. Remember he was on the cross and he had the thief next to him and he said to him, I promise today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, listen man, you're going to die on this cross with me and then one day, you know, when I come back to everybody else on earth and da 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 he said today you'll be with me in paradise. So yes, immediately when you die, if you're a believer, there's the judgment of faith that determines hell or heaven immediately. And then there's another judgment that determines the rewards you get that's later on in the future. We'll talk about that in the series. But when you die, you either go to heaven or hell immediately. Number three, will we have physical bodies? Well, the martyrs, if you just read the story, the martyrs there, um, they had vocal cords. They said, they actually said loudly. They had passion, which showed they had emotions. They shouted so God could hear. Even though he could hear them anyway, but there was something involved in shouting. You know, like if you get kind of a little bit upset or you're passionate, you raise your voice. They were thinking. They had senses. They could hear because God spoke back to them. Wait a little while. We see that in Revelation 6, 9. Um, um, here's the, oh, here's what I want to say. The bodies, your bodies will be perfect. They'll be perfect. Imagine what it's like for your body to have no um, anything unhealthy in it. No diabetes, no sickness, no cancer, no, no nothing unhealthy will be in your physical body. It'll be a new body. Uh, Philippians 3.21 says he will change our weak mortal bodies and make them just like his own glorious body. In Luke 24.39, after Jesus was resurrected and he got his new body, he ate. He ate food in his heavenly body. The body that Jesus went up to heaven and after he, was, after he rose from that, he ate physically. He ate fish. Most likely it was fried fish, I would imagine. Uh, I mean, honestly, um, Luke 22, 30, he ate Psalm 78, 25. There's food of angels. Revelation 2, 7 says we will eat from the tree of life. Revelation 19, 9 says God blesses everyone who comes to the wedding feast. There's going to be a party. Now, in your physical body, our body involves emotions. You only have healthy emotions. Imagine your loved ones in heaven now, there's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no disapproval. There's no worry what somebody thinks. There's no, oops, am I going to get offended? Am I going to offend somebody? Nothing unhealthy emotionally. And I have scriptures to back that up in your handouts. But I love um, Psalms 2, 4. It says, God sits in the heavens and he laughs. laughs in heaven that we're going to laugh too. Number four, will there be travel? Is there travel going on in heaven? The answer is yes. The martyrs were told to sit back and wait. If they have to sit back, that takes time. Even though the position may be a few inches, if they travel from this position to this position, then there is traveling. There's movement in heaven. In Jesus' new body in Luke 24, 31, he disappeared and he reappeared in verse 36. Jesus defied gravity in his new body, Acts 1-9. If there's streets of gold and there's gates of pearls, don't you think we're going to be walking? Well, I want to just jump over the fence. You can jump over the fence if you want to in heaven with your perfect body, but if there's, if there's streets that God has prepared, he didn't prepare those streets for us to just look at. 
He prepared those streets just to be able to walk down and greet people and hang out with everybody and travel and walk around and visit each other's homes. It says in Luke that he's created a place for us. He's made a home for us. You'll get to visit my house. I'll get to visit your house. All in heaven. Traveling is going on. In Acts 8.39, Philip was translated from one city to the other. In heaven, you'll be able to travel with the blink of an eye. In heaven, you can have a thought and you can go visit the Milky Way if you want to. You can visit Earth. You can visit some other, other planet somewhere else. You can travel all over the place with the blink of an eye or you can walk. Or you can ride horses, it talks about. Elijah had horses of fire from heaven. Enoch was translated from Earth to heaven in his physical body. You have a physical new body and you'll get to travel. Number five. We're going to get to the good stuff. The good stuff gets to us number 15, 16. Will we wear clothes? Yes, Mark, we're going to wear clothes. Um, <laughs> somebody told me last week, they said, man, does Mark ever get his feelings hurt whenever you make fun of him in front of everybody? I said, well, he doesn't have feelings. If he did, he would get them hurt. Just kidding. We will wear clothes. Listen, the Mars were given robes. Robes. Now, robes were popular back then. You may be able to wear jeans. Some of you may be able to wear the clothes you wanted to wear in high school, bell bottoms, who knows. But whatever, yes, we will have clothes. They were given individual robes to wear. If one of the martyrs was tall, they got a tall robe. If they were short, they got a short robe. I have scriptures to back that up. Number six, will we have individuality? Will there be men, women, black, white, red, yellow, tall, short? The answer is yes. We will keep our ethnicity. God loves variety. He loves individuality. Revelation 5, 9, I saw every tribe and language and people and nation up in heaven. Each one of the martyrs, they were different people. They were given an individual robe. They were unique. Each person was different there in heaven. We'll keep that. Uh, oh, I wanted to add this statement. We will be heavenly beautiful, not culturally beautiful. Imagine what you're going to look like when you are heavenly beautiful, not compared to some thing in a magazine, some fake painting somewhere, or somebody that spent $12,000 to look the way that they did, you will be heavenly beautiful, not culturally beautiful. Number seven, is there time in heaven? Yes. The martyrs were told to sit back and wait patiently. They had to wait, and they were told to wait in the correct form. Patiently. There is time in heaven. I have a lot of scriptures to back that up. Number eight, will we remember our lives on earth? Our people in heaven right now, do they remember what happened to them on earth? What do y'all think? Yes or no? Yes. The martyrs remembered that they were killed. They said, God, when will you avenge our blood? We were killed for the sake of the gospel. They remembered what happened to them on earth. Number nine, can people in heaven see what's happening to you right now on earth? Yes. Now, I know that we like to think that because it makes us feel warm and fuzzy. The answer is yes. It really is yes. It really is. The martyrs knew that they had not yet been avenged. They looked down on earth from heaven and they said, God, when are you going to avenge us? We haven't been avenged yet. They knew they had not yet been avenged for what they did for the sake of the gospel. So people in heaven can see you right now on earth. And next week I'm going to tell you exactly, literally exactly what they're trying to tell you. And I'm going to teach you next week a way that you can actually make them happier than they are right now. Their, their level of joy can increase in heaven based on something that you can do here on earth. I'm going to teach you all that next week. Very exciting. They can see. In fact, if, if anything, I bet a lot of them are telling you right now, man, you only spend an hour a week doing that. We get to do that all the time. We get to sit down with Abraham and do what you're doing right now. We get to sit down with David and ask him what it was like when you faced Goliath. Man, y'all heard John Paul tell the story? You should hear it from David himself. Man, he tells the story way better than anybody else. Number 10. How will we be known in heaven? How will people know you in heaven? 
In other words, when you walk up there and your great, 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 great grandparent just walks in, how are people going to know you? You know, on earth we know each other by our personality and we know each other by our job, pretty much. That's pretty much, what do you do for a living? That's one of the first questions we ask somebody. We kind of know them like that. Do you know how you will be known in heaven? And this, this answer right here should get some of y'all joining the church and serving God. You'll be known in heaven by how you serve Jesus on earth. That's how you will be known. The martyrs were known for people who were killed for the sake of the gospel. That is how they were known. When people walked up and said, man, you got killed because you believed and because you preached and because you told everybody that Jesus was real and you could get saved. Oh my, they were known for their service on earth. You'll be, man, the music leaders will be known for leading music. The people that do communion, they will be known. Man, you served in that church every month, didn't you? Oh, no. The greeters, they'll be known for greeting people. The way we will be known in heaven is by how we serve Jesus on earth. Number 11, will we know everything? When you get to heaven, will you immediately know everything? What do y'all think, yes or no? No. The martyrs, didn't, the, the martyrs asked a question, how long? When are we going to be avenged? If we knew everything, they would have known, okay, in 35 days we'll be avenged. But here's the thing, not knowing is not a sin or a flaw. In fact, you'll be more eager to learn in heaven than you've ever been. You'll be more eager to ask questions and to find things out and sit and say, God, how's this? Tell me about this, God. Why did you do this in my life? You'll be able to go to people and ask them questions, what it was like. You'll be able to, to talk to George Washington, to Martin Luther King Jr., to Mother Teresa. You'll be able to talk to these people and say, tell us your life story. And you won't get tired. Even though you can sleep in heaven, you can take naps, I have proof of that, but you won't get tired. You'll be able to sit there and ask them question after question and learn and learn and learn. Think about how eager you would be to learn if you never had a thought of lust, if you never had a thought of worry, if you never had a thought of time or money or doubt or discouragement. If none of those things ever entered your mind, imagine what your mind could hold and what you could retain. We will not know everything, but we'll be more eager to learn than ever. Number 12. Will we see and talk to God? Yes. Listen, I know this doesn't hit you like I wanted to, okay? I spent 40 hours studying the sermon, so it just hits me. So the martyrs got to see and talk to God. They got to conversate clearly with God. They heard His voice. Listen, just we read earlier Psalms 2, 4, God says in heaven and laughs. What is it going to be like for you to get up there and see God Laugh and hear him laugh. Y'all heard me laugh. Uh, Y'all people love hearing me laugh. Just think about hearing God laugh. I mean, I bet you, I bet you when God laughs, I can imagine this echo just going all throughout the universe and angels everywhere just kind of give a little. <laughs> God must have found something funny. He, got, he must have heard one of John Paul's jokes down there at Solid Rock. Okay, um, number 13. Where is the present heaven? Okay, so there's three heavens. Okay, everybody say three heavens. There was Abraham's bosom. This was a place called paradise. This was before Jesus rose from the dead and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. There was a place called paradise, Abraham's bosom. This is where believers went before Jesus. And here's why. Jesus' sacrifice eliminated the sin. Before Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross, there wasn't something great enough to destroy sin for people to be in the presence of God even after they were dead. So they would go to Abraham's bosom and there was a great gulf in between and a part, the, the, the old hell was on the other side. You could see heaven from hell and hell from heaven before Jesus rose from the dead. And I have proof of that in the Bible. So there was Abraham's bosom. But the present heaven, where your loved ones who are saved are at right now, I'm going to give you my theology on this, okay? I don't have, I'm going to give you my theology. Let me read you some scriptures and I'm going to tell you what I think. 
Deuteronomy 26.15 O Lord, look down from your holy place in heaven and bless your people. Matthew 6, 9. Jesus lifted his eyes and he prayed, O Father, our Father, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Ecclesiastes 3, 6. A time for every purpose under heaven. Luke 24, 51. Jesus blessed them and was carried up to heaven. Hear me to read what the present heaven is. And don't shout me down, but the present heaven is right above us, right now, and we just can't see it or touch it in the present condition that we have with our, these physical bodies. Okay? I mean, like, every scripture in the Bible talks about the present heaven being above earth, and the martyrs look down to heaven in that revelation, and Stephen looked up to heaven, and all through the Bible, it never says to close your eyes and bow your heads when you pray. Believe it or not, it actually says to look up to heaven. They looked up to heaven, looked up to heaven. Heaven is right above us. They can see down and see what we're doing because they have perfect bodies, perfect eyesight, perfect... Let me tell you this. Yale... Princeton and Stanford scientists all conclude and agree that there are ten unobservable dimensions with infinite number of imperceptible universes. Okay? Let me say that again. Ten unobservable dimensions with infinite number of imperceptible universes. If, if scientists from Yale, Princeton, and Stanford say that, why can't we believe, if they say there's ten, why can't we believe there's just two? Heaven and hell. I actually have proof in a few weeks that hell is in the center of the earth. I know y'all think I'm crazy. I'm telling you, I got Bible proof. So don't shout me down. Don't think I'm crazy. I took, I took my medicine. But our Colossians 1.16 says, Through Christ, God created everything in heaven and on earth, the seen and the unseen things, including spiritual powers, lords, rulers, authorities. There is spiritual hierarchy right now. There are angels all around. Remember whenever um, Gehazi and Elijah, remember they were surrounded by the enemy, and Elijah walked word, and Gehazi was like, man, the enemy's around us. What are we going to do? And Elijah said, oh, Lord, open up his eyes. He wasn't talking about his physical eyes. He was talking about his spiritual eyes. And all of a sudden, his spiritual eyes were open, and the Bible says there were warring angels that had surrounded all of the enemy that had surrounded Gehazi and Elijah. The heaven right now, the present heaven is right above us. Right above us. They can look down and see what's going on. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Okay? You're going to drink the Kool-Aid in a little bit. Number 14. Where is eternal heaven? In other words, okay, so I'm not into the rapture and the millennium and all that kind of stuff. But when Jesus comes back, the heaven itself, listen. Heaven, the city of heaven, it comes down, the Bible says. So evidently it is above earth. It comes down. And I'm going to show you that right now. This is the eternal heaven. This is where we're going to spend all of eternity. This is the city of heaven. Um... Revelation 21, 10 through 12. He showed me Jerusalem, the holy city, coming down out of heaven from God and shining with the glory of God. The city shone like a precious stone, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels in charge of the gates. Verse 16. The city was perfectly square, as wide as it was long. The angel measured the city with his measuring stick. I just want you to know what a warring angel looks like. Okay? They tried a measuring stick. It was 1,500 miles long as it was wide as it was high. It's a perfect square. The city of heaven, okay? Not all of the city of heaven. We'll get to travel around earth and other things, but the city of heaven, verse 21, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each gate was made from a single pearl. The street of, the street of the city was of pure gold, transparent as glass. Okay, the city of heaven, the eternal heaven, is 200 million square miles. In fact, I have a picture to show you what, it, what the size of it is. In fact, it goes past the moon. It is, if, if each story in heaven, remember the Bible says in the city of heaven, God's prepared a place for us to live. There's houses that he's made. 
If, he, if God decided to do it like a condominium floors, if it was 12 foot per story, there would be 600,000 stories high. If God, and I don't know in heaven, we do kind of 12 foot ceilings here, you know. If, if 12 foot's pretty good, maybe 8 foot ceilings. But if God did 12 foot ceilings, it'd be 600,000 stories high. Okay, just like y'all are y'all excited about the sermon or is it just me? Y'all are okay, right? Okay, so make sure. Everybody wants to go to heaven. It's not. I, I, I mean, you don't want to go to heaven, that's fine. But I want to go. I want to see all of y'all there. Well, maybe not you. But anyway, all of y'all. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. All of y'all are going to be there. It's going to be great. Okay, now we're getting some deep stuff. Number 15. Will believers who commit suicide go to heaven? This is tough. I don't know any other pastor in my whole life that's ever preached this, okay? So this is my theology for my study. How many of y'all believe that believers who commit suicide go to heaven? How many of y'all are unsure? How many of y'all say no? Are you bold enough to even believe that? Okay. So, suicide, a murder, is a sin. Um, just like any other sin. Why would we think this one is, is, is worse than the other? Samson in Judges chapter 16, committed suicide. And in Hebrews 11, we know he's in heaven. So I want to bring comfort to any of you who have had a loved one who was a believer, who uh, took their own life. I mean, we don't know even from a mental state of being how people are and that kind of thing. But Samson's in heaven. He committed suicide. Now, Paul said in Philippians 1, 21 through 22, for what is life? To me, it is Christ. Death then will bring more. But if by continuing to live... I can do more worthwhile work than I am not sure which I should choose. I'm pulled in two different directions, Paul said. I want very much to leave this life and be with Christ, which is far better, but for your sake, it is much more important that I remain alive. Here's what was going on. Paul was struggling with suicide. Paul said, man, what I'm going through right now just sucks eggs, and I want to go with Jesus so bad, and I can't stand it because I know it's way better there, and I know it'll be awesome, I'll have peace and joy, I won't be abused like I am here, but God, I know for your sake, you want me to fulfill my destiny on earth first, so for your sake, I'm not going to take my own life. So Paul struggled with this. It was a struggle. And the fact that he even struggled shows me that if he had committed suicide, he most likely would have been in heaven. So I, not, but let me also say this. Let me add this to the sermon. The reason it's not black and white is because there would be more suicides among Christians. Because we go through hell and back. We do on earth. We go through things that no one should ever go. And, and it would be, if it was black and white, there would be more suicides. That's the answer to number 15. Number 16, will there be marriage in heaven? Yes, we'll be married to Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. Matthew 22, 30, the institution of marriage will end. But the relationship that you have with your spouse will be deeper and better in heaven than it is on earth. Far better in heaven. In fact, the highest level of loving God is loving people. Um, uh, I added this to the notes to the same question. Will we want to be with anybody besides Jesus? What do y'all think? Yes or no? Will we, will we want to be with anybody besides Jesus? I say yes. I say that because this. It's not a sin to want to have a relationship with somebody. Yes, Jesus will be everything for us, but the first thing God said was not good before the fall of man, before sin, was that man should be alone. The first thing He said was not good. Genesis 2.18, this is before the curse, which tells me millions of years from now, you'll still be making new friends, and you'll never have to leave the old ones to make new ones. 
This tells me you'll be talking to somebody and you'll go back to God and say, God, I missed that Martin Luther King Jr., man. You wouldn't believe this. God's like, I know. I was there. I saw it. But you just want. And then you go and you meet this. You meet Princess Diana and you talk to her about her life. God, I just met Princess Diana. He's like, yeah, I know her too. I've already talked to you. And you constantly. And just because there'll be other friends and other people and other people you want to talk to, man, doesn't mean any less of God. He wants us to have healthy relationships. Revelation, we'll see where we're at. Um, number 17, will we be tempted to sin? Number 17, will be we tempted to sin? Revelation 21, 4 says, there will be no more death. And Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death. So, if we can't die, we can't sin. So, no, you will not be tempted to sin in heaven. Adam and Eve had a tempter. There will be no tempters in heaven. Nothing to entice us away from God. Revelation 21, 27, nothing impure can go to heaven. Romans 6, 9, anyone who has died is free from sin. Jesus died one time for you and me and He will never have to die again. So after He's already died for us and then we go to heaven and we're sinless, sin free, and then we, we would sin, He'd have to die again. And He will not die again. So there's no sin in heaven. So, oh, you say, what about Lucifer? Lucifer was an angel. Jesus did not give His life for angels. He gave His life for you and me. Number 18, Will our pets be in heaven? The cats won't, but dogs will. Um, yeah! Yeah! Yes! Boy, that gets a hand clap in church. Forget the scriptures all. Prayer. Cats in hell, dogs in heaven. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. Listen. Luke, Luke 12, 6 says, Not one sparrow is forgotten in the sight of God. Put up there, not one spare. So here's what I want to teach you about, about animals. Animals are not created in the image of God. Okay? They are not equal to humans. I know some of y'all might think they are. Jesus did not die for your hamster. Your goldfish cannot get saved. But God has an amazing purpose for animals. He created them to serve you and I. To give us joy. He created them for us... Some of them for us to eat it on earth. Um, they, they were created for us. Let me give you some examples. Remember when Jesus needed money for his taxes and Peter, and what did he say to go get a fish? And God commanded a fish to swallow a gold coin and hook and get on that, that, that hook, and, and they paid their taxes. Jonah was taxied by a whale. Ravens brought Elijah food. Um, what are the birds that came to quail were given to all the Israelites for them to eat in the desert. God uses animals. So I'm going to read you some scriptures and I'm going to tell you what I think about your pets, okay? Revelation 8.13, in heaven, I saw an eagle flying in heaven and I heard it crying with a loud voice. Revelation 19.11, then I saw heaven open and there was a white horse. I have other scriptures on there about horses in heaven. Romans 8.19, all creation or all nature awaits expectantly for the coming of Jesus. Revelation 21.5, God says, I make all things new in heaven. Matthew 7, 11, How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? Here's what I think. I think that if God knows it will bless you for your pet to be made new and brought to heaven, I believe that God will remake it new in heaven for you if He knows it will bless you. That's what I believe. Now, your pet's not going to go to heaven. You have to go up to God, I believe, and ask God can... Lucy or whatever the animal's name, can so-and-so go to heaven? Can you remake and bring it? I believe God will do it. Number 19, will animals talk in heaven? Yes. I say yes. Let me ask you this. Did animals talk before the fall of man? Genesis 3, 1, the serpent was more crafty than any animal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God just 
compared the serpent to other animals. It didn't say it was crafty. It said it was more crafty. In other words, there were other animals that were crafty, and the serpent was more crafty. And the serpent said to the woman, and when the serpent spoke to Eve, Eve didn't say, Adam, this snake just talked to me. She said, I don't think I'm going to eat the apple because God, no, you should eat the apple. Okay, I'll think about it. Adam, we should go eat an apple. It's not once she was she astonished by the fact that the, the snake talked to her. Numbers 22, 28 through 29. Then the donkey said to Balaam, What have you done to me? Mother, oh mother, why have you beaten me these three times? Balaam answered, Because you've made a fool of me. Now, if my donkey talked to me, I wouldn't be saying the word donkey. I'd be calling it something else. I'd be saying, What did you just say? And, the don and then Balaam answered, Well, you made a fool of me. You, that Balaam was upset with the donkey. They were talking back and forth. This is before sin ran rampant. Listen, the more sin in the world, the less we see heaven. The more sin in the world, the less we have spiritual um, eyes opened up to things. And I believe that animals could talk, and I believe they're going to talk in heaven. Revelation 5.13, and I heard every creature in heaven sing. Your pet Fluffy's going to be in heaven singing praise to God. And y'all are joining in harmony. Last scripture. I'm doing good on time. 30 minutes. Good job. Number 20. Will babies, children, stillborn, abortion babies, let me add to that, um, children with a mental handicap or retarded illness who died on earth, will they go to heaven? I know it makes y'all's heart warm and fuzzy to think yes. You know, you can justify it by, oh, God, just. But I like to look in the Bible and see what the Bible says. And if I told, if I said that you've asked you, the children that die go to heaven, you'd say yes. And I'll say, well, what age? What age then? Six years old? Thirteen years old? Well, it depends if they're, you know, in America, it'd probably be thirteen. In Russia, see, we, 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 so many things we think, but we don't really study the Bible to see exactly what it says. So I'm going to tell you the answer to this. Isaiah 11, 6. Wolves and sheep will live together. <clears throat> I can't even read. Let me see. Wolves and sheep will live together in peace, and leopards will lie down with young goats, calves and lions, cubs will feed together, and little children will take care of them. Before I go any further, I believe that you'll get to raise your child in heaven. Remember the scripture that says a thousand days to us is like one day with God? Isaiah 11, 7. Cows and bears will eat together and their calves and cubs will lie down in peace. Lions will eat straw as cattle do. Verse 8. Even a baby will not be harmed if it plays near a poisonous snake. So there are babies in heaven. There are kids in heaven. 2 Samuel 12, 23. David died. David's little boy died when he was a baby. And David said, now that he is dead, I can't bring him back. I shall go to him, but he can't return to me. In other words, he's there in heaven and I'm going to get to him. Mark 10, 14. Jesus said, let the little children come to me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. There was a little girl named Sarah who was in the hospital. She had a very, very fatal illness. She was, I think, six, seven years old, and she was told finally that she was going to die. And she immediately began to cry. And she loved Jesus, and she wanted to go to heaven, but she didn't want to leave her family and her friends. So all of her family that was there, I'm there maybe 15, 16 people, they all went out of the hospital room into the hallway. And one by one, starting with the oldest people in the family, grandparents, great-grandparents, they walked in the hospital room one by one and stood around Sarah's bed until every single one of the family members had finally come in. And her mom told her, Sarah, this is what heaven's going to be like. You're going to go before us. But then one by one, we're all going to come. And 
to join you until we're all up there with you. The only thing that could have made that story better is if they had somebody representing Jesus who was already in there with Sarah before she got there. Someone with unconditional love, more love than her parents and friends had ever shown her. Someone with such warmness, someone with such comfort, the God, the definition of comfort and peace being there with her to show her, hey, I'm here waiting on you. I want to give you a revelation before you leave. Job 1, 2 through 3 is the beginning of Job's life. It says he had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 1,000 cattle, and 500 donkeys. Now Job went through a lot of junk in his life. He lost everything. I mean, he just, everything bad that could happen to somebody else, Job, it happened to Job. Now God promised Job that he was going to bless him with double on earth before he died. So if God was to keep his word, and you're looking at this scripture, if God doubled his sheep, then in his future there'd have to be 14 sheep. Right? Y'all know math. There'd have to be 6,000 camels, 2,000 cattle, and 1,000 donkeys. He had seven sons and three daughters. So at the very end of the book of Job, chapter 42, it says the Lord blessed the last part of Job's life even more than he had blessed the first. Job owned 14 sheep, well that's double, 6,000 camels, perfectly double, 2,000 cattle, 1,000 donkeys. Job also had seven sons. And three, now wait a minute, I thought God said he was going to double everything that Job had. If one of my sons decided to move to Charleston, and let's say I'm going to retire there one day, and he moved to Charleston, I'm not losing a son. He's moved. And one day, I'll go there and move and be with him. Not losing him, he just moved. Job's original seven sons and three daughters, because they were children, they just moved. They moved to heaven. So then God gave Job another seven sons and three daughters, which means Job had a total of 14 sons and six daughters. Which proves once again that children do 